If you would go to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we'll continue on in some things that I'm excited about, and uh, we've been talking about for some weeks, about being hungry for the Holy Spirit. Somebody say hungry. hungry. For who? The Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, and down in the uh, 31st verse, he said, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, earlier in the first verse of the chapter, he talked about spiritual gifts, gifts of the Spirit. And here he says to covet them earnestly. Now that's a strong word like we said before. Usually in the Bible when you see the word covet, it's telling you don't. So this is a rare exception where the Lord actually tells us to covet something. What does covet mean? Covet is is fervent, consuming desire. And... uh, He warns us, you know, even from the Old Testament about don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's donkey or stuff or or house. or Don't look at anybody's what they have and long for it. Number one, that's a violation of the love law. If you love them, you're glad they have it. Right? If they got a, a wonderful spouse, if they've got a beautiful wife, a handsome husband, if they got a big house, if they got a new car, if they got lots of money, they're blessed, they're good looking, got it together, sharp, successful. For you to be envious, for you to want what they have means it would suit you fine if they lost it, if you got it. Suit you fine, you'd be happy if they are heartbroken. And miserable because they've lost what's important to them, but you got it, so everything's fine. Hmm? See, that's the kind of thing that'll keep us from sinning if the love of God is in us. The Lord actually, uh, I was out of town a couple of weeks ago and in the nighttime started talking to me about temptation and gave me some revelation that I'm excited about. And if the Lord directs us, I'll get into it at some point and we'll talk about it. But everybody can be, has been tempted. Everybody. Jesus was tempted. And uh, the issue is not, you know, people try to pretend like nobody's being tempted. And they can't be tempted and nobody will deal with it, you know. But you've been tempted. I've been tempted. We got flesh. We got eyes. We got ears. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to it. To follow it. To act on it. Well, what will keep you from sinning when part of you longs for something? Really only one thing. You got to love something else more. (laughs) Are y'all with me? Somebody else. 
and something else. There's got to be something stronger in you that will cause you to say, you know, yeah, I want that and I want it bad. But no, I can't. I can't go this way. Why? Because I love God too much. I love my family too much. I love my church too much. I love those folk too much to hurt them, to do this. And to say, you know, I don't care how it affects everybody else. I'm going to do it. Is saying what? I love me and what I want and forget everybody else. Is what it is, as long as I get what I want. Well, friend, that is the perfect example of a lost person, an unsaved individual. No. How is it and by what will people know that we are Jesus' disciples? What's it by? It's not by talking in tongues. It's not by healing. Come on, y'all with me now? He didn't say by prosperity. What did he say? That we love each other the way he loved us. How did he love us? He loved us so much that instead of us going through it, he went through the pain. He went through it. He took the punishment. He took the pain. He did without. He was separated. He was hurt. He was struck. He was smitten so we wouldn't have to. So the love of God, if you love God enough and it's strong enough in you that you love people enough, if anybody has to go without, you'll do it. Right? If anybody has to hurt, you'll take it. Come on now. Y'all with me? Paul said this by the Spirit. He said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Now, that's not normal, ungodly, worldly folk. That's born again. That's child of God. That's love of God shed abroad in your heart. Right? And you got that same love shed abroad in your heart. But we're talking about coveting. And how are you going to, you know, if you do covet something that you shouldn't be coveting, how are you going to overcome it? You don't have to yield to it. You don't have to give in. You can love God. You can love people enough that you put your flesh under. And you don't yield to some desire that you have. But here is a strong desire we should have. We should nurture it. We should feed it. We should be obsessed with this. (laughs) We should have a consuming, obsessive desire for this. (laughs) What? What? The gifts... Of the Holy Spirit. Now back up to the first verse of this 12th chapter. Let's look at this some more. He said. Now concerning spiritual gifts brethren. I would not have you ignorant. Does he want us to know about these? And hunger for them. He went on to say. Verse uh, 4. There are diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. Differences of administrations or ministries. But the same Lord. Diversities of operation, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? How many could have these things manifest in their life? How many? Now, of course, he's writing to the church. He's writing to believers. But every believer can have these. To every man to profit, not just for the individual's profit, but to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Somebody say, word of wisdom. wisdom. Do you have a consuming, obsessive desire? 
for the word of wisdom? Do you long for it? Not just only to have it manifest in your life, to have it manifest beside you, in front of you, around you, behind you, at the house, in the church. Hmm? It's not just that it has to come through us as the end of it. We just want to see it. We're just hungry for it. And open for him to use us too. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning the spirits. To another divers kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. So nobody owns these gifts and can operate them at whim as they decide to. Right? It's as he wills. And yet all of us could have a manifest in our life. Not necessarily the same as somebody else. Different areas. He said to one this, to another this. And yet when he tells us covet earnestly these things, he's talking to the whole church. So he was talking to the whole church at Corinth. He's talking to the whole church at Branson. Covet earnestly these nine manifestations that we just got through reading. Now, like we said before, when the Lord says don't be ignorant about it and covet earnestly, then he shouldn't be a surprise to us. He wouldn't have said if it wasn't a big deal that we got most of the church that is woefully ignorant of all these things. And not only do a lot of the church, I'm talking about people that profess Christ and pray and believe God on some level, not only do most of the church not covet, you know, earnestly these things, they don't even believe in them. I mean, you've got most of the professing Christian church doesn't even believe in speaking in tongues, which is the doorway into the rest of this. Are y'all with me now? And since they don't believe in that, then they don't believe in a supernatural manifestation of any of these. They get up and teach each other that it's passed away, that God only did it. The 12 apostles had this power, and when the last one died, that's it. Of course, they got no scripture for any of this. But they teach it like it's fact. Why? Because they don't have it. They're not experiencing it. They're not doing it. And so instead of acknowledging we need to come up, folk water down the Bible to match their lack of experience. Let's not do that. None of us are walking in the fullness of everything God told us in his word. And that's one reason why we need to read our scriptures. We need to feed ourselves on the word. And not believe wrong things, but believe when he said to earnestly desire them, that's what we do. When he said don't be ignorant, we're going to find out about them. And that's what we're in the middle of in this series. We've talked about tongues. We've talked about interpretation of tongues. We've talked about prophecy. We've talked about word of wisdom. And we've talked about word of knowledge. He told us to covet them earnestly. And the more you talk about them and the more you see how precious they are and valuable, you couldn't help but want them and be hungry for them. And we began talking last week about discerning of spirits. Could you go further into this with me tonight? Discerning of spirits. 
Now, as we said before, and it's necessary to say it because you hear people use all kind of wrong terminology and there's wrong thinking associated with it. Let's stay as close to the Bible as we know how. And don't invent new phrases because they're not going to be better. Right? Than the way it is in the Word. For instance, you know, people talk about my prayer tongue. Not a scripture phrase. <laughs> you see, y'all were laughing pretty good till I brought that up. To you. There are a lot of things like this. People say, God has given me the gift of knowledge. That's not good phraseology. Uh, God manifested to you, through you. A manifestation of the gift of knowledge. You don't have the gift that you can possess like a pocket knife or a purse or something like that. Well, I have the gift of discernment. No such thing mentioned. God's given me the gift of wisdom. Wrong terminology. There's nothing mentioned like that. It is a word. Of what some of well, that's just, you know, nitpicking. No, it's obvious you don't know what it is. Are y'all with me now? To refer to it like that. It's a word of wisdom. It's a word of knowledge. And it's not the gift of discernment. It's what? Discerning of spirits. See, a lot of people think that spiritual things are as vague and unreal to everybody else as they are to them. But no, God is real. His things are real. And you can know specifics about them. You can understand some things specifically about how they operate. And what the Lord tell us, I don't want you ignorant of these. Didn't he? Then it is his will that we know what they are, how they operate, and hunger for them. Say it out loud, discerning of what? Just not discerning of demons. It's not discerning of devils. It's not discerning of people's faults. It's discerning of what? Spirits. Spirits. You know, I've seen a number of people that try to look wise and go, yeah, God's given me the gift of discernment. And I can just see right into people. And almost invariably what they're talking about is false. What they need to do is turn that gift on their self for a few minutes. And they'd never use it again. There's a lot of lost people have that gift. It's called fault finding. And it's forbidden. A whole lot of what people think is so spiritual is just laughably fleshy. Discerning of what? Spirits. Specific in each area. Discerning, we said, you look up that word, it has two major meanings. One is to see. To discern means to see or to behold. So let's say it like that. It'd be seeing of what? Spirits. And then another uh, meaning of that is distinguishing. Just being able to distinguish, tell apart, know the difference. Those two main meanings are in that word. To see and to tell the difference. To see and distinguish what? Spirits. Spirits. Now as we went into detail last time. 
Spirits involve more than one category. God is a spirit, John 4 says. Right? God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit, obviously. Spirit. Angels are spirits. The Bible said he makes his uh, angels a flaming spirits, his ministers flaming spirits. We read and saw how that there are spirits on the earth, spirits under the earth, and spirits above the earth. There are spirits in three realms, heaven, earth, and hell. That's not my theory. That's the Bible. Human beings are spirits, not just mind and body. You know, somebody could remove your brain and throw it away. You'd still have your mind. (laughs) If that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. See, people hold the, they look at that three pounds of gray matter and go, isn't this incredible? And it is incredible. But they try to say all the amazing inventions of man have come out of this three pounds of gray matter. Has not. Has not. The brain is an amazing organ. Now, I'm not trying to, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But it's just flesh. It's tissue. And when they look and see all those synapses and those firing between the cells and the electricity that goes on in there, where does that come from? Where's the origin of that? It's spiritual. It comes from you. You are inside this body. Looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. Hmm? You're not a body. You have a body. You're not just a mind. You have a mind. You're a spirit. God is called the father of spirits. Spirits. Now, you and I are in this physical realm. So, for the more part... Most people are oblivious to the spirit realm. But everybody, when they die, they slip out of their body. And they're still them. People say, well, we know one another in heaven. If you know one another down here, you will. Because it's going to be you. And it's going to be them. And you're not going to change into an angel. That'd be a demotion. You hear people say all kind of things. You see, a young person died, and preachers go tell their parents, well, God needed another angel in the choir, and that's why he took your baby. And every one of those statements is false. God didn't take their baby. Did you hear me? Now, their baby went to be with Jesus, but he didn't take them. Are you listening? And the baby didn't turn into an angel. Are you with me? There's so much junk that is told. So how do I know what's real and what's wrong? Get your nose in this book. Measure everything by this book. And if it ain't in here, don't believe it. I don't care how many generations of folk believed it. Don't accept it. How many believe there is another realm we can't see? Hmm? But it's real. The realm of spirit. There's more to what exists 
than what you and I can touch with our hand. Than this physical realm that we contact. This is not everything. There is another realm. Go with me if you would to the book of Acts. And the seventh chapter. And let's get into some specific illustrations. Of discerning the spirits. Now. Has anybody read Acts besides me? Extra? I read it again this week. A different translation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Man I'm getting stirred up about it. And I plan to do it again. And can you sense. That the Holy Ghost is emphasizing this to us right now. What? The book of Acts. Why? Because our life. Is supposed to read. Just like this book. Is it true or not? Our life. Our daily goings and comings are what happens at home and on the job. What happens at the church and in our services is supposed to read just like the book of Acts. Just like it. All of the supernatural things that are recorded in those pages are for you and me today. And are supposed to be happening in our lives today. And the question is, are we going to settle For a mundane, physical, intellectual existence our whole life. Or are we going to say, God's a spirit, we're spirits, we got the Holy Spirit, we're going to live a spiritual life. We're going to have a spiritual household, spiritual church, right? Not just intellectual and physical. Well, Well, if we do. And I believe we are and will. We'll be very different from a lot. Hmm? Because most folk are content. To live a mental and physical life only. And they get concerned if anything else happens. You know famous last words of dying churches. Ooh. We never saw it like that before. We never heard it like that before. Friend, if the Holy Spirit is really moving in your life, you're going to see some things you hadn't seen before. You're going to hear some things you hadn't heard it like that before. It's going to surprise you, and it may startle you. How many of you are reading the book of Acts? These things startled some people, didn't they? Why? Because it wasn't natural. It was super natural. People came face to face with something that was not of the earth. Well, that's spooky. Ooh. Spooky. No, it's not spooky. It's glorious. I said it's glorious. And I've tasted some of it. And I want more. I want more. I want a lot, lot more. I'd like to see how much this old physical frame could take. Would you? I'd like to find out. I'd like to get to the place where I'd have to say, oh, whoa, God, whoa, whoa. I don't think I can stand anymore. Because the physical is a limitation. It's just a fact. It is. But the spirit realm is just as real or more so than the one you and I are looking at each other in right now was here before this was here. And will be here when the heavens roll up like a scroll. And the surface of this planet melts with fervent heat. Aren't you glad you know where you're going to be? 
Acts 7. Are you there? Acts 7. Stephen, the Bible said, well, back up to verse 6, chapter 6 and verse 8. Stephen was full of faith and power. Somebody say, full of faith and full of power. And he did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now this would involve working of miracles because it says he did. So that's not correct to say he did a miracle. The Bible says on numerous times individuals did. How does that? You should say God did it. Both are correct. And some of it has to do with the lack of understanding and working the miracles. There are times when God does something and it'd be wrong to say that a person did anything in regard to it. But then there are times when God uses people, tells them to do something, and when they do it, and as they do it, He does. And that's why working. Are you with me? Of miracles. We're going to get into that later on as the Lord helps us. That's one of these things you and I are hungry for. Well, the Bible said Stephen was doing it. Now, let me preach at you just a little bit more here. This is not just a record of history a long time ago. Hmm? Why did the Lord give this to us? So we would know when we were on track. Right? How would we know we're on track and His will is being done? When our life looks like this. When the same kind of things that happen with them happen with us. Now, this is, you can't say that about every part of the Bible. Can you? The Old Testament, you know, I mean, it's full of truth. It's full of, you know, truth that does not change. But it was a different time. It was a different covenant. We're not to look at that and just say, well, our life is supposed to be exactly like that. We're not to do that. Jesus himself, I mean, as wonderful as his as example as his life is, and as wonderful as his preaching and teaching, the new covenant had not come yet. So everything that happened with the disciples were seeing the will of God, but he, that's why he came, so he could hang on the cross, so he could pay the price, so he could buy it for us. They didn't have the fullness of the Spirit. You don't see talking in tongues in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Right? Now, you see all the other manifestations except for those in Jesus' life. But how many understand the book of Acts is us, the church? That's us. Now, the epistles are written as teaching and doctrine for us. But it's not just a, you know, blow by blow of what's happening in life and how you're supposed to live in ministry. Acts, Acts. Is how it's supposed to be. Do you believe this or not? Do not settle for a life that doesn't look like Acts. Say it out loud. Everything they had in Acts. We've got today. We're supposed to have today. Don't we have the same Holy Spirit as them? Don't we have the same gospel? The same name of Jesus, don't we? Everything the same. In fact, the book of Acts is still being written. I don't know what chapter we're in, but we're still being written. And I think if a lot of people were reading it, depending on where they were reading it, they'd think something was wrong. Because the thing started off with a blast. 
<laughs> and they're looking at the ending going, bad ending. I mean, that, you know. <laughs> just, it's supposed to build. I mean, right? It's supposed to build to the grand finale. And here everybody's wanting to go back and read the beginning. Because that's when stuff was happening. Somebody say, no, no. No, no, it's still going on today and in us and with us. Let's remind ourselves what kind of things are supposed to be happening in our lives in the church today. In Acts 6, Stephen is full of faith. He's full of power. He's doing great wonders and miracles among the people. And people decided that he should die for doing this. Right? It's not even logical. It doesn't even make sense because the devil's in it. But they come and they arrest him for doing nothing wrong. And uh, he preaches to them the whole seventh chapter. Didn't he preach? Man, I mean, he, you know, you would say Genesis to Revelation, but they didn't have Revelation yet. I mean, it was more like Genesis to Malachi. I mean, he, right, he covered some stuff, didn't he? And then the gospel that hadn't been printed yet that he knew. But he didn't uh, soft pedal. I mean, he, you know, told them that they have not kept the law theirself. And they crucified Jesus. And he just made it real plain. And it was too much for him. And they, uh, let me just read it. The Bible said, verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. What does that mean? They bit him. Isn't that ignorant? Animalistic. And uh, he, come on, now get this, verse 55, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly where? Without a telescope. Before the days of Hubble. Come on, now this is exciting. Huh? People are hurting him. I mean, his body is in pain, but I don't think he half knew it because he was in the spirit. I said he was in the spirit and he looked up and he saw all the way from planet earth into heaven. How many know if the Bible said it happened? It happened. He saw it. Now there's been people been staring into the night sky for centuries. And you can't see what he saw with a telescope. You can't see what he saw with a physical eye. What did he see? Come on, come on. He looked up and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Yeah, I thought they crucified him, though, quite a while back. I thought they put him in a tomb and, and rolled the stone. I've heard of some guys that they thought they found his bones a while back. Would be hard seeing as how he's at the right hand of the Father. Stephen saw him. Saw him. This is not... A fairy tale. This is not a man having an imagination. This is a manifestation of discerning of spirits. The Lord gave him 
a supernatural ability to look past the realm he's in and see all the way into heaven and to see the glory of God and the throne of God and to see the master who's been raised from the dead and is alive right now. He saw him. Everybody say he saw him. He's got to be alive then, right? He saw him. He says, well, maybe he was just upset. And it was a psychological thing. Well, if you don't want to believe, you don't have to. But no, that's just fabricating stuff. Well, he was stressed and Stephen kind of snapped. And poor boy was seeing stuff. And he was psychological. He was seeing things that were there and still are. Now, not everybody is going to accept this, are they? There are millions of folk that if they can't understand it, they can't put it under a microscope, they can't test it, they're not going to believe in it. It doesn't mean it's not real. He looked up and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God and he just couldn't be quiet about it. (laughs) He said... These people are already so mad they're trying to kill him. But he said, look. (laughs) That's what behold means. Look. I see the heavens open. Look. Look. I see the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. I see him. Is it possible for a human being alive on this planet right now, flesh and blood, to be able to see into the Spirit? To see the master. To see things of heaven. We'll see this term used later on. But we're seeing not natural vision. Heavenly vision. Not natural vision. Spiritual vision. Discerning of spirits. He saw what was not seen with the natural eye. He said I see I see him. And when they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears, they couldn't stand to hear that. Why would they care? Why would it be such a big? You know who couldn't stand to hear it? The devil could not stand to hear it. Why? Because he thought he beat him at one point. Right? He th- the Bible said if the devil and demons had known. What the plan of God was. If they had not. They would never have crucified the Lord of glory. They played right into the hands of God's plan. Just like he knew they would. And he was in the heart of the earth. And the devil thought and demons thought they had won. And God spoke. And that place shook to its core. And he was raised from the dead and he left there and left this planet how many know that they saw him you know in the beginning of the book of Acts he went up out of their sight into the clouds now they were also seeing angels some of them were that's discerning the spirits now let me stop here and talk about this somebody said well they were seeing Jesus so that was discerning the spirits not necessarily Now here, I'd say yes, definitely. He's seeing more than just Jesus. He's seeing all the way into heaven. He's seeing the glory of God. He's seeing where Jesus is there, and he saw him. 
Saw him in his glory. So yes, he's seeing in the spirit. But how many remember when Jesus was raised from the dead and he appeared to his disciples, he told them, handle me. For a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone, not blood. He shed his blood. Some say, how can you live without any blood? You can. In a glorified body. You don't have to have any blood. Man, we got something to look forward to now, don't we? He said, touch me, handle me. They could put their hands on him and feel it just like your hand. In fact, to prove it to them further, he said, do you have anything to eat? Remember that? And he ate food. Ate it, chewed it up, swallowed it. Now, a lot of people got excited right there because they realized, you mean I can eat later on? Apparently so. (laughs) He said, oh, glory to God. (laughs) But Jesus is a spirit, of course. But now... He has a resurrected, glorified, flesh and bone body. You could see with your eye just like this. You could feel. So it's possible you could see Jesus. Somebody could see Jesus without discerning the spirits. Because he got a body that can be seen just like yours can be. And it's an amazing thing that a glorified man is sitting at the right hand of the throne of majesty. Representing all mankind. You and me. And yet. He could do some pretty amazing things. With this glorified body. Go through walls. Different appearances. Go back and forth. Between heaven and earth. I mean that's got to be a trip. (laughs) Right. And apparently doing it in a pretty short amount of time. How many understand we're not talking about fairy tales? This is not science fiction or any other kind of fiction. This is reality. This is the Bible. If you believe the Bible, you believe this. Go with me from the seventh chapter. There's a lot of these we could look at. But I want us to get into one specific area of uh, Paul's vision that was the centering point of his earthly ministry. Chapter 9. And verse 1, Acts 9 and 1, Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that he, if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light. From heaven. Now, as we get into this, you're going to see this is discerning of spirits. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice. Now, discerning of spirits includes hearing, hearing from that realm. He heard a voice that said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Interesting. He didn't know who he was, but he knew whoever he was. He was Lord. 
Now let's just stop right here. Is this really happening? Hmm? Is this in his imagination? No. He's as much against Jesus as anybody could be. But he sees him. Somebody say, are you sure he's seeing the Lord? Sure. The Bible says so in other places. We'll show you in just a minute. He is seeing Jesus with his eyes closed. If you read the rest of it, you see, even when the vision was over, it says his eyes were still closed. And when he opened them, he couldn't see. How can you see something with your eyes closed? Because you're not seeing with your eyes anyhow. Not these eyes. He saw him and he heard him. And he said, the Lord said, I am Jesus. Then he's not dead. (laughs) Nobody can find him in the tomb because he's not in there. Why? Stephen saw him. Paul saw him. Talked to him. Sometime after the crucifixion and burial and all of that. He said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what would you have me to do? One thing about old Saul now. When he saw it, he saw it. He really just believed wrong. He was deceived. But when he saw it, how many understand? He was even stronger for the Lord than he was against him beforehand. You know, there's a lot of people like that. They're mean as the devil. (laughs) They are just as mean as can be. They are terrible individuals. They, I mean, when they sin, they sin. (laughs) But if they'd come to the reality of the Lord, they'd be that same way for the Lord. I mean, they'd go stronger for the Lord than they did the wrong way. And he said, arise and go into the city and it'll be told you what you must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. They didn't see it, did they? They didn't see what he saw. They heard something, but they didn't see what he saw. Why? The Lord didn't give them discerning of spirits. And you can't see into that realm unless he gives it to you. Now, you have to watch this because people will say, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see Jesus. I want to see angels. I want to see. I want, yeah, you and everybody else. You and all of us. And soon enough we will. I asked the Lord some years ago some terrible things I saw were happening and I said, Lord, it grieved me, the suffering that some people's lives were, what they were going through. I thought, Lord, if it grieves me, I know it has to affect you more. You, you're more compassionate than me. You're, nobody's more compassionate than you. I said, how do you put up with it? How do you tolerate it? The pain that's in the earth, the injustice, the cruelty, the awfulness how do you put up with it he answered me i don't mean i heard an audible voice but inside me he said he said keith son it is very brief and he answered me 
That's how he tolerates it. Because to him, it's that long. It does grieve him. It does displease him. How can he tolerate it? Because it doesn't last any longer than that. (laughs) Now to us, this is all we know. And we think it drags on and on and on. But he said, your life is like a vapor or a poof. Now you see it. Now you know. Wait. Now you're here. Now you're not. And soon enough. Oh, come on, glory to God. Soon enough, you and I are going to be standing before the throne, the throne, the throne of the Almighty. We're going to see the angel. We're not going to be reading about it no more in the book of Revelation. We're going to see him. We're going to feel the atmosphere. We're going to see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Elijah, Elisha, Jonah, Peter, Paul, everybody. We're going to be there. Just like that. Not an exaggeration. That's the truth. The reason time seems like it is to us is because we are such children. We are so young. We just... We've only ever known this. This is the shortest thing we'll ever do. This life. Briefest thing we'll ever do. The Bible said in the ages to come. He's going to show us, reveal to us the exceeding riches of his grace. He's going to show us. You're talking about seeing some things, friends. We... He's just liable to take a a bunch of us out to where he's forming a new solar system. (laughs) And give us, you know, the best seats. (laughs) I said, now watch this. And let us participate in some things. He's training us to rule and reign with him. And people say, I want to see, I want to see. I know you do. But don't be rebellious when he says walk by faith. Right? Believe me even though you don't see. Believe me. Obey me even though you don't see. Because this, during this life, we are to walk by faith. Hmm? Which means most of the time we're not going to see. But there are times he'll let people see, here and there. Now, when I talk about these things, I know it stirs you up, stirs me up. And there's a whole lot of folk that talk about their visions and what they see and what they hear. And not all of it is right. Hmm? I've talked to you before about it, but I want to say it again very strong. In fact, I want to go to some scripture. Turn to uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. All these things must be judged. Every prophecy that people prophesy, every vision, every dream that people tell, every tongue, every interpretation. People have said, I had a manifestation of the Spirit. I had a vision. I saw Jesus. You're to think, well... Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. 
People say, well, thus saith the Lord. You're to think. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's thus saith you. Are y'all with me now? You Get this clear. Just because somebody comes up and says, I saw the Lord and he told me this. It does not mean you're supposed to just stand there with your mouth open going, really? And believe every word they tell you. You are to judge it. It is to be judged. Because the enemy uses things like this that are error to hurt people. And mislead people. An old minister friend of mine used to tell about a young couple that he tried to counsel. And they were falling apart at the seams. And they had got married and went to Africa to be missionaries. And they totally unsuccessful in both endeavors, ministry and marriage. They're miserable. They're fighting like cats and dogs. And and they're getting divorced. And they have had no success on the field. And in talking to the ministry, he said, well, back up. You know, how did this get started? When did y'all hear from the Lord? Well, sister so-and-so prophesied to us that we were to get married and go to Africa. Did you know each other? Were you in love? No. Strangers. Did you feel a call to go to Africa? Not really. But she's a prophetess. Well, maybe she is. Maybe she ain't. (laughs) Yeah, but she said, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) Well, maybe it was thus saith. Maybe after seeing this, I think it's very obvious. It wasn't. They were totally incompatible. They didn't care about each other. No love, no commitment, no success in ministry, no desire for either one of them to go there. How many understand that's foolish to just let somebody prophesy to you and you just take off and base your life on it and do it? Foolish. Foolish. Well, they had a vision. They said they saw me doing this and they saw this and they saw the other. Well, people see a lot of stuff. Doesn't make it the Lord. Yeah, but they said it was. Doesn't make it the Lord. I don't care what they said. But that doesn't change the fact that there are real things happening. Too. Jeremiah 23, are you there? Jeremiah 23. This was a great passage concerning these things. Jeremiah 23, and we'll go down to 16. Jeremiah 23, 16 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Hearken not to the words of the prophets that prophesy to you. What's he saying on this occasion? Don't listen to them. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart. And not out of the mouth of the Lord. Are they having visions? Are they having prophecies? Where are they coming from? Out of their own heart. Now, before we go any further on that, how many remember the Bible said in Thessalonians, despise not prophesying? Don't despise. Why would he tell us that? Because you're going to see and hear stuff 
that's goofy and off and wrong and just them. A friend of mine was telling me about a couple of services he was in. And one of them, they were asking a little Bible, home Bible study. And some of them are called prayer meetings, but they were just prophesying meetings. People just get together and prophesy to each other. And a lot of it was not right. And so one of them, a couple had not got there yet. So they were kind of waiting. And, and one of them jumped up and said, Yea, thus saith the Lord, they're not coming. Call their names, not coming. Well, about that time, they heard the gravel of them turning in the parking lot. And they just kept standing and said, Yea, thus saith the Lord. They changed their mind. And they'll be pulling in any minute. Well, was that thus saith the Lord? They said it was. But it wasn't. Another one stood up and said, You know, thus saith the Lord, my little children, if you are my little children, don't be afeard. If you are afeard. But if you are scared, that's okay. I get scared myself sometimes. <laughs> now they said, thus saith the Lord, before they said all that. But that ain't the Lord. <laughs> but now why did I say all that? Because if you hear a bunch of that. Then if somebody pops up and says, thus saith the Lord, you could tend to despise it. You could groan and go, oh, no, not again. And yet, this time, it could be him. Right? And it's not okay to just lump it all together and say, well, I don't want anything to do with that junk. It could be God. And you need to learn enough to be able to discern and know when it's him and know when it's not him. And to judge it. Somebody say judge it. Judge it. Judge it. Judge it by the written word of God. Judge it by the witness of the Holy Spirit in yourself. Judge it. If it's him, it'll sound just like this book. If it's him, it's the same spirit that's already in you. It'll be, even though it's new to your head, it'll be familiar to your heart. And when it's him and it's right, you'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's him. You'll know it. You'll have a witness. When you're standing there after 30 minutes going. Huh. That's the thing you need to ignore. Did you hear me? People can miss it. Now, if it's you yourself and you prophesied and you missed it, don't quit. Repent. Admit you missed it. Right? And learn from your mistake. There's nobody that's operated in these things that's never made any mistakes. We want to be, you know, ready and to yield, but we need to be teachable at the same time. He said, don't listen to them. Now down in verse uh, 26, well, verse, uh, let's see, 21, he said, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. Like one preacher said, some are sent and some just went. And yet the ones that just went said they were sent. The Lord sent me. And yet he didn't. But how many know there are some he did? He said, I didn't send these prophets and yet they ran. I have not spoken to them and yet they have prophesied. They are a prophesying all over the place. They're saying, thus saith the Lord. And the Lord said, I hadn't said a thing to them. That's just coming out of their own heart. Verse 22. 
Well, let me see, uh, for time's sake. Down, go down to 27. Well, 25. I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name. And they say, I have dreamed a dream. I had a dream last night. And you were in it. And I saw you giving all your money to me. Now you laugh, but that kind of thing has happened. People have prophesied money out of other people's pockets into theirs. And they're liars. And they're false. And they're abusing the holy things of God. But now that doesn't do away with the real. If it's a copy and a fake, what's it a copy of? There's a real. Keep reading. Now this is good. Verse 28. The prophet that has a dream, let him tell a dream. He that has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Let's just stop right here. Are there people that God's given real dreams to that are from him? And people that are speaking words that really are from him. It's a, he said, if I gave him a dream, let him tell it. If I put my word in his mouth, let him speak it faithfully. And he said, what is the chaff to the wheat? That's a good phrase. It's the Lord's phrase. It's a saying of his. He says, well, what does that mean? It means don't get upset. Don't despise. Pro- well, there's a lot of junk around. Yeah, what is the chaff to the wheat? Come on, did you get it that time? Well, there's a lot of error and there's a lot of extreme and I don't want to get it mixed up and all that. Yeah, you do. You just want wheat. (laughs) Not chaff. What's the chaff to the wheat? Don't let the chaff scare you away from the wheat. There is the real. There is the right. Well, I got hurt years ago and people prophesied to me. And well, I'm sorry about that. But it doesn't change the real. There is the real. Learn. Learn the Word. Learn the Spirit. Grow up. Judge it for yourself. Don't let anybody lead you around by the nose. Learn to be led for yourself. If it don't bear witness with you, just smile and leave and don't think of it again. Don't act on it. (laughs) He said, what is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? It's not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock. In pieces. How many know his word is different from people coming up with their own word and people that know him and halfway pay attention can tell the difference. Sure you can. And how many know we got a generation that has seen a bunch of junk and don't know the difference? What will help them? What will set them free? They need to see the real. They need to see the real and hear the real and experience the real and they'll know the difference from then on. You just see it one time and you got it. You know it. How many believe that the real, the real, the real is becoming more and more frequent among us and it'll make us very hard to be deceived, won't it? Because once you've had the real, people try to fool you with the fake, you laugh, you go... That's not real. I know the real. You won't fall for that junk. You won't believe it. Go back 
to the uh, book of Acts and look at the 22nd chapter. Because Paul, by the Spirit of the Lord, rehearses this vision numerous times throughout his life and ministry. The Lord tells him that he is to bear his name before the Jews and kings and the Gentiles. And that he's going to suffer a lot of things for his name's sake. And I, you know, reading it again in recent times here, this past week, I saw when he heard that, like all of us, he probably thought it's going to happen right now. And he immediately tries to minister to the Jews and leaders. That's what the word was. That was the vision. And yet he saw the Lord again. In fact, uh, you're there in Acts. Go, what is it, to the uh, 18th chapter, I think it is. 18. Well, that's not it. Go back to 22, please. I'll just read it to you as it unfolds and say it again. He, we read where he experienced this vision and saw the Lord and heard these things. Now we're reading in the 22nd chapter of Acts, and you'll see it again in the 26th chapter of Acts, where he's standing before people telling the vision. You know, you need to stay with what the Lord gives you year after year, decade after decade. I I know a young man that's in the ministry now. The Lord's used him wonderfully, had a very rough time in the early part of his life. And God, an amazing testimony, amazing testimony. And everybody wanted him to come give his testimony. Everywhere he went, people say, you know, give your testimony. Give your testimony. And when he would give it, I mean, it's anointed. I'm, you know, people would just get saved by the gobs. And he just, the Spirit of God would move. But I, he came over to our house during one certain thing with a bunch of other people. And we had a little party, a little get-together, eating some things. And, and I stood beside him, and the Lord prompted me something about him. I I looked at him and I just, I, he respected me so I knew he'd receive it. I said, called his name, I said, don't ever get tired of giving your testimony. He looked at me and a tear came in his eye. He said, everywhere I go, Brother Keith, that's what people want to do. I mean, I want to teach and I want to preach and I want to do other things. I said, well, I understand that. I said, but what's the Lord want you to do? Amen. I said, brother, there's an anointing on that thing. There's an anointing on that. He said, I know it. I said, that wasn't Keith talking to you. I said, don't get tired of giving your testimony. He said, I receive it. Amen. And I heard him, that's been 20-something years ago. I heard him the other day preaching on another form of media. And you know, I shouted because you know what he was doing? <laughs> he was giving that testimony. And it was good. It was good. You have to watch about changing just to be changing. What you can do is get out of the anointing. And the Lord told Paul from the beginning of his, when he got saved and his, what his focus was, what he was to do. And you just see it. I mean, chapter after when he stand up in front of people, what is he preaching? He said, let me tell you, I was on the road to Damascus one day. How many have you read the book of Acts? That's what, I don't care if he's in the king's palace. I don't care if he's out in Athens Square. I don't care where he is. He's ready to talk about that vision. 
Now listen, he talks about this vision. And what is this? This is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. He said in 22 and verse 6, he said, It came to pass as I made my journey and was come near to Damascus about noon. Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Sounds exactly the way it happened the first time. I mean, wonder how many times he's told this. <laughs> he tell the same way every time. And I answered, I said, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. And they that were with me saw the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spoke to me. Hold your place right there. Go to 9-7. Now, people that are really students of the scripture will appreciate this. 9-7, he said, the word says, the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, doing what? Hearing a voice, seeing no man. Said they heard a voice, but they didn't see any man. Okay, 22. Are you in 22? 22-9, they that were with me saw indeed delight. And were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake with me. Now here again is where intellectuals read this and go, see there, errors all through that thing. (laughs) Not true. What you have to do is look up some words. Some things are lost in translation. This was originally written in Greek. And... uh, What you can see is it said they heard a sound, a voice, it said. And here it said they didn't hear. And one of those words means sound. Another one means what was said. They heard a sound. They didn't hear what was said. They saw a light. They didn't see a man. Are y'all with me now? And the reason I get into some of this is because sometimes people say, well, that can't be real. He's the only one that saw it. It certainly can be. Right? Because nobody will see it unless the Lord gives the discerning of spirits. And is it possible that in a crowd of folks, one person or a number of people might see and hear some things and the other folk a little bit of it? but not see the specific or hear the message. Jesus himself, on one occasion out in the open with a crowd of people, and he said something to the Father and about the Father, and the Father spoke to him out loud. Remember that in the gospel accounts? He spoke to him and he said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The Father said that audibly. And Jesus heard it. It's recorded in the Word. Some of the disciples heard it. And the Bible said that a bunch of them heard it, and some of them said it thundered. (laughs) Others said a voice spoke to him, but they didn't know what was said. And some of them heard what was said. Wonder if where you're at has anything to do with how you hear. Be bad to be so dull, wouldn't it, that 
God's speaking a specific, amazing, spectacular word to you, and all you got was, did it thunder? That's what happened on that day. No, discerning the spirits is as who wills? As the spirit wills. And here we see, they didn't see the man, they saw a light. They heard a sound. They didn't hear the voice of what was said. Paul saw Jesus. Like me and you looking at each other right now. He saw him. And he heard exactly what he was saying. And understood every word. And talked back to him and asked questions, right? And was discerning the spirits. Oh, can you see that? And he goes on describing the whole story. And verse 11, he said, I couldn't see by the glory of that light. I was led by the hand. Ananias came in. And verse 13, he said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will. And what? And what? So did he see him? He saw him. See that just one and should what? Hear the voice of his mouth. He didn't just hear the sound. He understood the words. Somebody say glory to God. Well, that's a whole other message, isn't it? (laughs) You're hearing the sound. Do you understand the words? (laughs) Oh, glory to God. How many understand that everything you see in this book that looks like it doesn't agree? It's just something else you found that you don't understand. Right? Right. Right? All you have found is something else that you don't understand. And you shouldn't be shocked about that. (laughs) You should know that there's a whole realm of things you don't understand. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Now keep reading. This was where I was talking about where he, I'm sure he thought, well, we're going to do this right now. Man, I have seen the Lord. He's told me what's going to happen. So I'm going to get to it. And he was ready to go into the city and get everybody converted. Wasn't he? And uh, verse 17, it came to pass when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. And What? And what? I saw him. I saw him. Saying unto me, make haste, hurry up, and get out of Jerusalem. For they will not receive your testimony concerning me. Now we know he was thinking differently because listen to what he said. He said, Lord, they know I imprisoned and buried every synagogue them that believed on you. They know that when Stephen's blood was shed, I was there. I was consenting to his death. I held their clothes while they stoned him. See, he was thinking, no wonder the Lord appeared to me. Everybody knows what a mean guy I've been to the church. And they know if I say I've seen Jesus and I come preaching him, he's already told me I'm going to send you to the Jews and the Gentiles and kings. He's ready. And the Lord says, appeared to him again and says, you need to get out of town right now. Does that mean what he's already told him is wrong? No. But see, we can put our own interpretation on things. Did he stand before kings? Yes, he. it was years later. It was an interesting way how God got him there. But he did. And you know what he told him when he stood there in the high court? 
You know what he told him? He didn't even spend half the night in the jail cell before trying to get a message. You know what he told him? Well, go there and look. Chapter 26. Chapter 26. Is this important? This ministry. Him standing in front of kings. We're reading about it today. All of the How, what birthed it? What got it started? A discerning of spirits. I said all that to just emphasize the importance of this. Do we hunger for the discerning of spirits? We don't, don't clamor and say, I want to see something I want to know. We want God to reveal things to us as we need them for ministries, for direction. If he uses us, fine. But how many understand? You could go all your life and never see an angel, never see the Lord, never hear a voice. And it wouldn't mean that you're not spiritual or that something's wrong with you or you're not believing hard enough. Wouldn't mean any of those things. It just means the Lord hadn't seen fit to give that to you. And you're to be happy walking by faith. And there are folks that see the Lord every other day. And wake up virtually every morning hearing and seeing angels and you need to stay away from them. Because they're not seeing all that. But then there is the real. It does happen. It has. It does. It can. And when it does, if you'll just pay attention to your heart and know your Bible, you'll recognize it. And when it does, you need to be respectful. And listen and pay attention and see how it fits and what it means. Here he said, Verse 1, Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Paul stretched forth his hand, and he answered for himself. And after saying a few introductory things, (laughs) he said, uh, verse 9, I thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And these things I did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Now, these are hard things. Men and women drug out of their houses, put them in jail, executed people. Hard. And he said, I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceeding mad against them, I persecuted them even under strange cities. How many understand that is supernatural? That is unnatural. Why you would pursue people like that and hate people you don't know that hadn't done anything wrong, hadn't done anything to you. It's the devil. Killer, destroyer, murderer. Whereupon, as I went up to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest at midday, O king. How many understand there's got to be something going off in Paul? Because years ago, he stood and looked at the master, and he told him he would bear his name before kings. And years have passed, and he's standing there in handcuffs, but he's doing it. He's standing there, and he's looking at King Agrippa, and they're all sitting there quiet, and there are kings and prefects and governors, and the place is full of the royalty of the land, and they're sitting there listening to him preach. And he's telling them about when he was on the road to Damascus. Oh, glory to God. A discerning of spirits. 
Are these things pressure? Can we begin to see more and more why the Lord told us you ought to covet these things earnestly? Why? Because it, it's what makes life exciting. It's right. It's, it's what makes our life like the book of Acts. Without them is just unacceptable. A life without these things is unacceptable. And we don't have to have it. He said, I was, I was going to Damascus. And at midday, O king. I know he had to smile when he said king. Because <laughs> he's there, it's happening. I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew tongue. wonder how many languages the Lord speaks. All of them. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I guess he told it the same way every time. Hey, if it's working, don't mess with it, right? I mean, and I said, who are you, Lord? Anybody help me? I'm Jesus, he said, whom you are persecuting. But rise, get up, stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness, both of those things which you have seen and of those things in which I will appear to you. I have appeared to you. I'm doing it right now. And I'm going to appear to you again. And he did. There are at least a couple of other occasions, but the ones we've talked about. uh, On one occasion, he was in a place and the Lord, it was really getting rough. And he was thinking about leaving town, I guess. And the Lord said, you stay right here. I got a lot of people in this town. And uh, he stayed there for months and months after that. The Lord appeared to him. He saw him in a time of prayer. It, it happened more than once. Paul saw an angel, you know, when they were in the middle of that hurricane. Remember that? He was in the bowels of the boat praying his heart out, and they all thought they were going to die. And he finally stood up. He said, I saw an angel last night. Right? This is not imagination. The Lord sent an angel, and he saw him, and he heard him, and he told him, nobody's going to die. Everybody's going to, you're going to lose the ship. You're going to lose the stuff. But uh, all of you going to make it out of this alive? He said, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. It'll be just like it was told me. You just watch. And he convinced them all. He said, I've appeared to you and I will appear to you. He said, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles and to whom I send you. That's another message there too. There are people God sends you to, has to deliver you from. Amen. Uh-huh. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that's in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Somebody say heavenly vision. Heavenly vision. Heavenly vision. If you believe the Bible, you have to believe. That there is another realm outside the one we live in here on earth. You have to believe that God is real. Heaven is real. Angels are real. People that have left this life, they're real and they're living in heaven. They're real and they're in hell. Their spirit, the Bible talks about beings on the earth, under the earth, above the earth. And you and I, though we walk by faith, God can on occasion as he wills. Open our eyes and let us see what human eyes can't see. Let us see into the realm 
that we're made for, that we're going to operate in throughout eternity. But at this time, we're operating mostly here, mostly aware of this. Discerning of spirit. Somebody say, I respect it. I value it. I'm hungry for it. Stand on your feet, please. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. It's all through the Bible. All through the Bible. Won't you close your eyes for a moment? Focus on things above, not on things beneath. Said out loud, Father God. I respect, I I value the gifts of the Spirit. I value discerning of spirits. I don't refuse to walk by faith. I'll believe in you. I'll trust you. I'll follow you. Though I never see you in this life. But we know. We need these things according to your will in the body, in the churches, in the ministries. So not just to ourselves personally, but for the whole church, for the whole body, for the whole family of God. We ask for the full manifestation of discerning of spirits to the body of Christ. Let it be granted. Let it be given according to your perfect will. And we'll rejoice in it. We'll give you glory for it. And thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your voice in other tongues for a few moments. Praising and thanking in the spirit of the malakte of the mandigono luxodori blaze galagdozondo oloxe elishe calado emprese olavrande belente oh father meneri di lego meneri nenelisha meneri denemelito osto Aigso, oegzia, nenkeshite, ele palaso, dombre deninke, eliste, osulo, emblesne, ampanta, abashadeji. Oh, Father, we marry in green de bore, we nembe brandelezo, emblizenan de vodo, embijnean de gosho, on pai di enemese, ibindie de mazo. We hunger for you. We long. We long for you. Oponolishe. Of di mangele mandibondi redili. Bele brenendi le bre celebrado. Dele brenili o suncri donoje. Dile grovando. O sula e blese, zidia dosho, nembe de neshe. 
Bademoso. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now something perhaps we'll we'll talk more about as time goes on, but a couple of things we've already seen, already been made aware of. You'll see this again and again. These manifestations connected with people being filled with the Spirit. And you see it again and again. You'll see it as we look at things, you know, next week and beyond as the Lord leads us and allows us. When people were filled with the Spirit. You know, Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. And he saw. And heard. People are full of the Holy Ghost. And working the miracles. Full of the Holy Ghost. One person asked Brother Smith Wigglesworth, who had a number of people raised from the dead in his ministry. They asked him what gifts of the Spirit he had. And what he was used in. He didn't like that terminology. And he said, well, I don't know whether it's the best to say I'm used a certain way. Or just to stay so full of the Holy Ghost that he can just use you any way he wants to any time. Sounds like experience talking to me. So being hungry for these things and desiring them is a key. We should stir ourselves up. We should talk about it. Hunger for them. And then also we should talk in tongues. Talk in tongues. Talk Somebody say talk in tongues. Speak in tongues in the morning. At break time. Lunch time. Afternoon. Evening. Night time. When you get up and go get a drink of water in the night time. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. What does it do? It makes your spirit active. It makes you more aware of things of the spirit. And uh, we, it puts us in a better condition to be used in these areas and to have these manifestations happen. And also, a lot of times when you're praying in the Spirit, you don't know it, but the Lord is leading you to pray about some of these things. And specifics are being asked and spoken and, and requested, and the Lord's able to answer them in wonderful ways. Can you say glory to God? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.